0: Welcome back for another episode of the It's Murder, Y'all podcast. I'm your host, Amber, and with me today is a man who can't make it through airport security because his booty is to bomb, my husband, Rob. Say hey, Rob.
1: Got bomb water on it. <laughs> <laughs> bomb water. No, uh, it's a Hannibal Burris callback. He just, he used to have a, a, a bomb juice, bomb water bit.
0: I've not listened to him in a long time, but real talk. It's very funny. So I had another opener I was going to use, and it was going to be, and with me today, is a man who is a bitch ass tinky winky. <laughs> because I was writing the episode yesterday while you were gaming and out of nowhere I hear you yell bitch ass tinky winky and then you ask <laughs> then you ask the guys if they had seen Rockadoodle, Doodle and then you briefly explain the plot and I thought it was so funny that I literally wrote it in my notes.
1: Oh I, like, I I I'm pretty sure that I killed another gentleman in the video game that I was playing with my buds, and I killed that bitch-ass Tinky Winky. <laughs> you did.
0: <laughs> so, I want to throw it out there that this week's episode is probably going to be a bit shorter than normal, uh, depending on how many tangents we go on, because there aren't as many details available as there have been for other cases. And in full transparency, I got a lot of this information from an episode of Fear Thy Neighbor. So, because it included interviews from people that were like involved in the case. Now, some people online have claimed that the show favored one side more than the other. So, keep that in mind as we go along. I also want to say that I don't, and this is no shade, but I don't, I don't ever want to be one of those podcasts who just like watches crime shows and then paraphrases the episodes. But this case is bananas, and I wanted y'all to hear about it. So, a
1: n a n a s.
0: Yep. Um, I also included information from literally every news article I could find. So with all that being said, let's get started.
1: I'm sensing a shit show.
0: It is absolutely like I've been dying to tell you about this because even my
1: fancy show notes here. It yes. seems as though there may be a shit show yes, on we're the horizon.
0: We're gonna talk about that in a second. So
1: well good shit show.
0: This week's case takes us down to Waterloo, South Carolina, which is a tiny town about 75 miles northeast of Columbia, South Carolina, and about 50 miles south of Spartanburg, South Carolina. When I say Waterloo is a tiny town, I mean it is a tiny town, like makes my hometown look like a metropolis, Waterloo is... The
1: metropolis. Yeah.
0: Waterloo... (laughs) I was
1: about to say it, but I didn't want to put you on the spot like that. And
0: we literally have two red lights in my hometown. So I think there's two. There's only one for a long time. It ain't
1: no bigger than a minute.
0: (laughs) Yep. So Waterloo is 1.784 square miles and has a population of 149 as of the 2020 census. Like Mm -hmm. that town is literally smaller than the neighborhood we live in. Like, our kids' elementary school has more students than that town has people. So again, T, tiny little town. And of course, as is the case with small towns, everybody knows everybody. That was even more true for the folks who lived on Cochise Drive. Now, there are going to be a lot of names thrown at y'all, so you might want to take notes. I've also provided my lovely co-host with a list of our characters, which I don't ever do. But I want him to have those so that he doesn't zone out and get confused. And that I don't get I'll just annoyed. Hope I
1: can read this chicken scratch. <laughs> and that I don't get annoyed.
0: I hate you. And that I don't get annoyed that he zones out and gets confused. That is why we Look, went over. I don't over zone out. I just. You disassociate momentarily and forget where you were.
1: Oh, disassociate might be a strong word. Let's go is with it... zone out.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's why I went with <laughs> it to begin with. So we're going to start with our first couple Harold and Dot Price. Harold and Dot met in 1980 when he was 17 years old and she was... Wait a minute. Was... I'm
1: sorry. This is in what state again? I'm oh all God. out of sorts.
0: South Carolina. It... We South were in Carolina. Waterloo. Waterloo. Get your okay. shit together. So Harold and Dot Price...
1: I was back it... in Georgia.
0: <laughs> they met in 1980 when he was 17 years old and she was 16. According to Dot, Harold was the nicest guy she'd ever met. Dot would go on to become a nurse while Harold pursued a career as a corrections officer. He was also a Shriner and a Mason.
1: Right on, dude.
0: Eh, you might want to tuck that in your pocket.
1: Well, listen, the Masons as a whole is a pretty solid organization. There are some bad apples.
0: I will say my papa, there have been. my papa was a Mason and he was a Shriner. So Dot and Harold lived on 10 acres next to a lake, which was perfect for them because they love spending time outside. They love fishing and boating and all that good outdoorsy stuff. So on one side of Harold and Dot, lived Sam Thomas and his wife Kay. One neighbor described Sam as a tough, rugged mountain man who used to work in the coal mines and who had a mouth on him sometimes. Sam
1: <laughs> Sam funny.
0: Sam was also a mouth
1: on him, by God.
0: Sam was also a fan of what our daughter calls the grown-up drink. The house on the other side of Harold and Dot was up for sale and Harold was jazzed when his friend Buck Carson and his wife Judy bought it. Harold and Buck met while they were in school to be corrections officers, and they became friends and later started working at the same place. Dot immediately liked Buck and Judy. She said that they always seemed so happy and that Buck specifically was a true gentleman. He was so nice and he was so respectful. So Buck and Judy were in their late 50s, early 60s, and they'd been married for over a decade. Now, I know that Judy had children that were grown, and I believe that Buck did too, but I'm not 100% sure. So this new house was perfect for Buck and Judy. It was close to the water, so he could fish. It was a quiet and peaceful peaceful neighborhood, and he lived right next to his good buddy, Harold. They drove to work together every day. They hung out. They just really vibed with each other, and they were pretty much inseparable. Their friendship was interesting, though, because they were two very different people. Buck was sweet and friendly and respectful, and Harold was kind of a perv. <laughs> he was he was giving very much creeper energy. Buck and Judy's granddaughter, Danielle said that Harold often made gross comments about women like quote, "Look at them titties end quote. and when people would give him shit about just it he'd... just
1: just straight to the point yeah look at them titties.
0: but the thing is he would say it to a, another dude about that dude's wife.
1: oh, yeah, um, and that's a real quick way to get knocked the fuck out in my opinion
0: when people would give him shit about it, he'd say he was just joking you think
1: i would i would my immediate response to that would be now if i punched you in the face that'd be real fucking funny then wouldn't it i'm sorry i just i don't take i'm I, i'm i'm not one that takes party to incredibly pervy dudes i find it very skeevy and bro put your put your hardware away my dude just chill out act like you've been here before
0: so, go back to Harold. Like I said, people would give him shit about him saying the stuff that he said, and he'd say he was just joking. that's a
1: giant red flag for me as the man that I am and try to be. If a dude is like, like, dude's gonna say dude things, and that's completely that's that's dude, that's the dude world I live in. And now, look, it's not, it is look, hey, whatever. It's, it's when it gets into the hey, bro, you're lingering. Or all right, you've made your point. You you've mentioned it three or four times now. Or like dudes that are just like, man, I sure would like. Whoa, hey buddy, pump the brakes. We're we're working here. Whatever it is, you know, like that to me is a giant red flag. Yeah, and, and me personally, I'm just like, I don't. You can you just chill, bro.
0: <laughs> and and again, like it's bad enough, but the fact that he's saying this about like right. their their wives, like. Bruh, so another little quirk that Harold had was that he liked to walk around shirtless, like oh, yeah. l- like all the time. Judy would later say, "quote He was fre- frequently without a shirt," which I don't have a problem with that. If I was a man, I'd probably do the same thing at home, but I doubt that I would go visiting anyone with my- without a shirt. End quote. Which like same, like it's one I thing. Feel like
1: there are two kinds of dudes in this world: dudes that don't give a shit about peeling their shirt off, and dudes that. Not that they I guess there's varying levels but I feel like I'm in the category of dude that I just I it's I don't know part of it's I guess insecurity some on some level but mostly just like I don't I don't I would prefer to have my shirt on my body like, you know on a hot day I'm not like gonna take my shirt off out even in private or like if I'm digging a hole in the backyard by myself you'll never see me shirtless outside like I don't I don't it's not proper PPE my dude I guess I don't know
0: like, <laughs> A, keep your damn man titties put away. If right. if if we can't, like, have our nips out, y'all shouldn't. But I will say this. It's one thing if you're out in your yard cutting your grass. That, you know, that's one thing. But, like, if you're literally just, you pop into people's houses. Like, can you imagine one of our neighbors came over just, like, hanging out, not wearing a shirt? Like I don't want some a neighbor dude. that called
1: the cops on me for my truck being parked in the cul de sac. He uh, he's one that likes to be shirtless out in his yard doing work, and I'm just like, bro. And he's like very he's very svelte. I'll be honest, he's a very fit man, and I get it, I get it, buddy. But like I don't know, fucking put a shirt on, kind of. I don't nobody gives a shit. I don't know. I feel like it's like a I don't know.
0: I was wondering if you were going to talk about your beef with our neighbor, which I think you should tell the story at the end because it's funny.
1: Oh yeah, him him falling in the ice.
0: Well, no, there's the whole like the, him they're calling
1: the cops on me for my tr- work truck being parked in the cul de sac in front of my house.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's you told the story, but I guess at the end, if you want, we can elaborate because y'all sure. were in a little bit of a piss and match for a little bit.
1: But so, oh yeah, I won. I mean, I I I kind of own that guy, I guess on a a dudes with ego playing ground. I feel like I won that battle, so. I've yeah. conceded all further uh, tension, or whatever you want to call it.
0: Although you do still get a little twinge of happiness when karma.
1: Well, don't call the police on me, bro. I don't call the police on nobody. Do not call the police on me, you son of a bitch. Like, unless Especially you- Especially for some bullshit. It was such bullshit that the cop was personally, seemed personally annoyed. He even had to be talking to me.
0: So now we have to tell them the story, because they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So. Long guys- story
1: short, uh, we had a lovely couple living right next door to us. Uh, I think they retired or something and, and moved out. This couple that's about the same our same age, with no kids but a dog, moved in. And I've been parking my work truck. We live in a like at the neck of a cul-de-sac, not in the circle portion, but in the neck. So like the skinny part. Well, I don't know, whatever. So I park my work truck on the curb, right on the edge of the cul-de-sac out of the way, you know, it's none of the, all the other neighbors were cool with it, so they move in, and uh, everything's fine for a while, you know what I mean, and then all of a sudden, I would come to park my truck, and then there'd be a, a vehicle in the way where I'd parked it, you know what I mean, or there would be the guys, and they have a, a giant driveway, they have a driveway that could fit like four vehicles and a two-car garage, so it's not like they have to park out in the cul-de-sac, they can't, it's their prerogative, just like it is mine, but either way... So he would park his wife's car out there where I parked my truck and park his truck so he would block where I would park my truck and had been parking my truck before they moved in. So I adjusted my schedule because I'm privileged like that in my job. So I just started getting up earlier so I could get home earlier so that there was no way that either of them could block me out of my spot. And so that went on for, what do you think? What, two, three months? Probably about three months.
0: I don't, I feel like it wasn't that long.
1: Maybe maybe a month and a half or two. I guess it was a multiple weeks. I mean, for sure, because I remember when we and him eventually had we, you know, when it all came to a head out in his front yard. I remember him saying, "Dude, we've been at it for three months now. You've not we've lived here for three months and you've not even come and knocked and said hello." But uh, anyway, so one night it was a long day. I was up at like five in the morning and didn't get back home until like eight thirty at night. It was a very it was a very abnormal workday for me, but so I get back and lo and behold, the vehicles are parked in there blocking my spot, and I was tired and didn't give two shits that night. So I was like, you know what? All right, so I just I parked my truck in the cul-de-sac and just went and knocked on do Buddy's door and said, Hey man, would you mind letting me park my truck right here where I be, where I park it every day? And he proceeded to kind of like give me this whole diatribe about. Oh, How basically what it boiled down to is he said, I don't like it. I don't like that. It's parked there. And I was like, well, that's cool. But I've been parking it there for like two years. So, you know, or I've been parking it there since I've had this truck, whatever. Anyway, we kind of are out in his front yard going at it uh, back and forth about, you know, this and that about who's right, who's wrong, where the property line is, where I should be parking. And finally, I was like, look, man, I'm a nice guy. You caught me on a very bad day. I'm in a very bad mood. I've been working all day. I do not want to have neighbor drama. This is bullshit. I'm tired. I want to go in the house and sit down. And he was like, oh, I don't want any problems either. I was like, what can I do to keep you from being angry and for us to not have all this bullshit? And he was just like, well, just don't park right here. or Park right there. And so I was like, all right, cool, buddy. And I was like, our argument was basically that I didn't give a shit that he didn't like it. He cannot like it, but him not liking it was not more important than me parking a, my truck where it made me, the most sense for me and my family and and security and all. Like him not liking it was so far low on the my totem pole. Personally, I just didn't give a shit. Is basically what I was trying to tell him, and that you know he 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 obviously did not agree with that. So anyway, I just told him at that point that I would move it around and try not to park it there. And so I moved it around and found that wildly inconvenient. So I took a hundred bucks and went and bought a mailbox and thing and moved my mailbox
0: I thought to the that other that, side
1: of my I thought
0: hmm? that happened after the cops.
1: Well, the, cop, the cops happened before I ever met him. So the cop, it was just one you random left, Saturday you left,
0: afternoon. You left that part out.
1: The cop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forgot. Yeah. So one random afternoon after they'd been there for about a, I don't know almost a month, a cop knocks on the door like on a Saturday afternoon and he looks irritated. And I'm like, what the hell? And he just says, hey, is this your truck out here? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, look, this next door, your next door neighbor's complaining, saying that they don't like it there. And he was like, there's, there's no, what, where it's at is not illegal. He said, I, I, you know, I drove up around the cul-de-sac and into your driveway and it does not impede traffic. He said, it's on an easement, basically. And he was like, there's no, it's public property or city property. He was like, you can park here as long as you're not blocking mailboxes for the mailman. He was like, you are not doing anything wrong. Have a good day. And he just took, he just walked away. And I asked him a question. He said, you're good. Have a good day. And he was like pissed that he even had to. Anyway, so. And we were pissed
0: I, because yeah. it's like, bruh. You you couldn't come tell us you had to call the police. Right. Like you just you told the teacher on us. And
1: that was kind of part of the argument in his front yard. I was like, dude, you called the the flipping cops on me about my truck being part. He was like, I never said I called the cops on you. And I was like, I know all of these neighbors in this cul-de-sac. None of they all have my phone number or would have come and said, Hey, can you move your truck? Because I've told them, please do that. Please do that before you before getting mad at me. If 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 there is anything I'm doing in this cul de sac that you think is crazy annoying, please let me know.
0: And that was like an unspoken cul de sac rule of right. like we don't call the police on each other.
1: Exactly. Me me and the other neighbors have talked about this more than once. And I was like, I know it was you. And he he like kind of backpedaled after he realized that I knew for sure it was him. Like, and that made me pissed off. So anyway, so. My, the back of my truck was like a foot over the property line, and he was making, he was trying to make an issue out of it. So it pissed me off. So I moved the mailbox onto the other side of the driveway so I could park directly in front of our house. And it's not been an issue ever since. And then I think he felt guilty for making me move the mailbox and he tried to be chummy and ask me about my dope ass grass a bunch of times. But then he was out. He's got this big four-wheel drive truck and he's been we've been snowed in for days and he's been lugging that thing around, driving all over the place. And uh he was like knocking ice off out of it. And he was out there and he slipped and fell. And I'm not one to revel in other people's losses, but in that moment, I will be honest, my character floundered a bit and I giggled to myself watching that man eat shit in the fucking snow and ice you called the cops on me bro i don't know anyway yeah so i never fell on the ice and he's okay know, i at least yeah he's fine he just he got back up it was more embarrassing for him probably because he saw me out there walking the dogs I, I at least gave him the 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 honor of turning my back while he was in midair and making making him believe that i didn't see it i did hear him under his breath say that was not fun so
0: yeah having- anyway that's
1: that's the story of my quasi shitty neighbor
0: there we go. See, it I was seems ho- we've like, we
1: reconciled it.
0: Yeah. Um for the
1: most part. We're I'm gla- civil.
0: I'm glad that, that y'all's situation turned out a lot different than how this episode is going to go. So going back to Harold, you know, he's been he makes comments and he walks around shirtless. He also
1: He kind of seems like a shitty dude.
0: Yeah. So he also wanted to be helpful, and I'm using air quotes, you just can't see it. And he was always finding reasons to be around Judy. And so remember, Judy is his friend Buck's wife. Now, it was obvious to Judy that Harold was flirting with her, and she knew it had to be obvious to Harold's wife, Dot, because he wasn't subtle about it at all. And Judy was right. Dot was aware of what a creeper her husband had turned into and how much of a creeper he could be. And she said, quote, he never went without flirting with somebody. Size, shape, age, nothing ever mattered, end quote. It was like he was addicted to being skeevy. Like he had to, had to quote, flirt. And I'm using hella air quotes with flirt. Because as a woman, I've seen those, especially old dudes, that like, they think they're being suave. And you're like, you're a greaseball. Please go away.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: 100%. 100%. And just like those dudes, Harold.
1: How you doing, darling? Oh, Shut my God. up, you old Crusty ball having son of a bitch.
0: (laughs) They're also the ones that in a grocery store be like, Why don't you smile? I'm going to punch you in the throat, sir. And like them, Harold did not know when to quit. Judy made it very clear that she was not interested and she was not flattered. Like she didn't like it. But Harold either couldn't read the room or he did not care. So one night, Buck and Judy's phone rings. Judy picks it up and it's Harold. And Judy's like, Hey, Harold, you know, Buck's not here right now. And Harold's like, Yeah, I know he's not and Dot's not home either. Why don't we spend some time together or something sketchy like that? And Judy's like, uh, ooh, no. And she's uh-huh. like, um, I'll let Buck know you called. Peace out and hangs up. So later she did tell Buck because her, her philosophy was like, she didn't have anything to, to hide. Why would she not be open with Buck about Harold being creepy? So Judy said that Buck would kind of joke with her about it when Harold was trying to, you know, pull his little flirty act. But he did tell her that if anything went down, He knew she could handle herself and that she could do whatever she needed to do. On the flip side, though, their granddaughter, Danielle, said that Buck was getting pissed because Harold was making some very sexual jokes about Judy. And the longer it went on, the more it started to bother Buck. So, Rob, as a husband, I'd like to know what you would do and how you'd feel in this situation if one of our neighbors was, A, coming around shirtless all the time, B, flirting with me openly in front of you and see making us both uncomfortable you'd be pitched here's, right
1: here's the deal there would be no opportunity for that to get to a point where it'd be like man i'm sure i'm irritated with that motherfucker he keeps walking around here with his shirt off saying dumb shit to you i'm getting pretty fed up no the the first instance the first and only time like hey bro don't be coming around here with your damn shirt off and i'm gonna tell you right now this is your free your free warning how about you know as a matter of fact you do not come around my house again and if you do you're gonna catch one from me buddy That that's I mean it's a one and done for me. There's no that sure is annoying. No dog. There's 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 rules and principalities in life, and that is one of is a cardinal sin. You do not say shit about my wife. I don't say shit about your wife. I don't look at your wife. You don't look at mine. And on top of that, on the he was the Mason right Harold. Yes. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I won't. I can't get into the specifics, but there are very specific rules about that very thing in, in becoming a Mason. You are, you, you do, no, that is a giant. No, no, we do. No. The only thing you are to do is to, if one of your Mason brothers dies, you're kind of low key, morally obligated to, to do what you can to help out his family. That, that, that don't mean try to fuck his wife.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> or
1: damn sure. bud.
0: Yeah, I just I can't imagine. It's a huge.
1: It's huge. Do not go. Do not, it is there. There. There are words spoken specifically about that matter, and that I thought subject. I thought
0: you were about to pull out a specifically. Also, like it's one thing if a dude's like, "Yeah, your wife's hot, bro," or whatever, but like to make sexual comments.
1: How that man got to be a mason, I don't know. I guess
0: there have been some I
1: shitty masons shi- yeah i mean i mean you can have shitty lodges there are, there are some lodges that are pretty i guess lowbrow and don't really you know do things the the right way which is kind of the only way to do it in that in that realm anyway but yeah but i i never heard of no shit like that from my experience if there were a dude like that amongst the the men that i was associated with masonically Oh, Harold Price would have probably toted an ass whooping, to be real honest.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I think Buck must have been very, like...
1: Pushovery, or uh, scared of him.
0: No, I think he was just like a like a chill, low-key guy. And at this point, nah, dog. I don't think he took it too seriously. The thing <laughs> is, Harold, he became more and more persistent. And Judy said, quote, My feeling was that he's like a dog that chased a car. He didn't know why, but he couldn't stop himself. And I don't want a dog chasing my car, end quote. So... One day, Harold took everything a step too far. Judy was in her kitchen. She's getting stuff ready for dinner. When a shirtless Harold walks into her house, uninvited, walks up behind Judy and tries to put his arms around her. Like the queen she was, she whipped around with a knife in her hand, put the knife up to his chest and told him to get the hell out of her house. Judy later told Buck what happened and he told her to stab the son of a bitch. And at this point he was done. Okay, we've now crossed a line. He's done with Harold. The dude was too much. He was sketching out his wife. He was making things uncomfortable. And so Buck started to distance himself from his former friend. And like, bruh.
1: I'm disappointed in Buck.
0: Like, you just gonna walk up in this house and like, I live with you. And I've lived with you for like, what, like 5th, twelve, a long time, many years. And you startle me at least three times a week just walking in the house that we share together. Oh God. If if I'm cooking dinner, which, which if I'm cooking dinner, you know, it's a special occasion anyways, but if I'm cooking and a dude, a shirtless dude wraps his arms around me, I'd probably pee my pants. I can't even imagine. He's real lucky she didn't stab him because you can't do that shit. So Judy was quick to point out that she wasn't the only target of Harold's unwarranted attention. She said, quote, It wasn't just me. It was not because there was anything special about me. It was because I'm a woman. He couldn't stop himself. I had a feeling that he was just a sleazy person, end quote. In fact, Harold ended up having a confrontation with his other neighbor, Sam, over Harold hitting on Sam's wife, too. So at this point, Harold's pervy ways are just too much for Dot, and she couldn't take it anymore. She was out. According to the dramatization on Fear Thy Neighbor, Dot told Harold, quote, I'm sick and tired of you slutting around, end quote. Apparently, Harold didn't take that super well, and things got a little heated. So Dot, remember, she's a nurse. I guess at this point, I don't know if she was a nurse or she was a nurse in school, but she picked up her nurse's book. And if it's anything like any of my textbooks, that was a big-ass book. And she smacked Harold upside the head with it and knocked him on his ass. She said that his feet flew out from under him, and he hit the floor.
1: This was a different lady?
0: No, this is harold's wife oh she's pissed so she's like because, need...
1: oh because because of, judy was like your man came over here and tried to molester me
0: yeah like he's he's mess- hit him with a book he's messing with all the neighbors so she smacks him with a book she said that his feet flew out from under him and he hit the floor and as someone who recently experienced a situation where my feet flew out from under me i can attest that that hurts like a son of a bitch but he deserved it my favorite thing about that whole story, though, aside from Harold being knocked on his ass, was how Dot ended it saying, quote, they told me this book would come in handy for something, and it did, end quote. I love <laughs> her so much. So after being together for like two decades at this point, Dot leaves after the textbook throw down and never looks back. So Harold was Side single.
1: real quick. Yes. I just, Harold in his teenage years, I imagine was the, where's my hug? Where's my,
0: guy. Oh, 100%. He at in his 50s or 60s was still the where's my hug at.
1: Right, but that like I have been around probably, I don't know, a handful of dudes in my life that were like the where's my hug at dude and it's always like bro, chill, just chill the fuck out, homie. It's I don't know, like dudes with aggressive sexual energy, I just it, it's so skeevy to me.
0: Trapping a woman.
1: It's so skeevy to me. It's just like, dude, come on. Like I like I'm a dude too. But t- trust me. I get it. Yeah, she's pretty. Can we move on now? Can we yeah. fucking move on, bud? Yeah, don't,
0: right. ma- don't make don't right. make me get the hose. Yeah. So right. Harold was single for the first time in a very long time. And at first he was miserable. He told Judy, which I don't know why he was even talking to Judy about this, that he couldn't understand how How is
1: Judy talking to him?
0: I don't know. I just
1: stupid I didn't. Just... I don't know. I don't want to call nobody stupid. That might not be stupid. It sounds like a lot of stupid people involved in the stupid people drama. A,
0: a lot of bad decisions are made in this story, but he told Judy that he couldn't understand how or why Dot would leave him. And she told him, quote, you got to be jerking my chain. Why wouldn't she leave you? End quote. And that made me think of a couple of things. Like, number one, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And it just took every fiber of my being to not sing that. So that's so why I had to say it real I fast it my head. or I was going <laughs> to sing it. But seriously, they like, I feel like that happens in breakups all the time. Like you think things are shitty. So you break up and then you realize, well, shit, things are still shitty. And now I'm lonesome too. Mm-hmm. Number two, though, Harold had to be a little Delulu to not understand why Dot would leave him. And yes, I'm going to continue to use that term very cring- cringely. Like dude, <laughs> like, dude, you've been, as Dot said, slutting around. And not only that, you've been creeping out the lady neighbors. You've been pissing off the dude neighbors. Like, what about that makes you think that she'd want to stay with you? But I imagine he had all the confidence in the world. That man, I'm sure, was not lacking confidence. So while nursing his broken heart, Harold turns to one of his other loves, guns. Dot said that he was infatuated with guns and would go out on the lake and shoot, even though you weren't supposed to shoot guns on the lake. He did not care. He wanted to shoot, so he was going to shoot. So Judy said that she could hear the gunfire all the time, which I'm sure freaked her out. And what freaked her out even more was catching Harold looking in her windows. So now Harold, the shirtless wonder, can add Peep and Tom to his pervert resume. I just... Why he's allowed to do so this. There's so many
1: such a, such a nation. Such a nations. Situations. S- situations in these damn murder stories you'd be telling me where people are like, yeah, they some red flags, but I guess, I don't know, I'm... I get I don't know. Oh, there's another red flag. Oh shit. Oh hell, it'll be all right. Oh Jim Bob don't mean nothing by it. He's just having a hard just bruh. If you I guess that's the trope that we say. If you see something, say something. Like, why are we letting why do people let people be so fucking weird, dude?
0: Like everything that is gonna unfold I don't in this episode, it. every single thing was preventable. Everything. They lots of bad choices were made. So Interestingly, Harold's sketchiness did not stop him from finding love again. A few weeks after Dot dipped out, Harold met Christine, and she and her daughter Jennifer moved in. And of course, Christine and Jennifer think Harold hung the moon, so they refused to believe any of the creepster allegations he had against him. When Judy met Christine, she said it was pretty much all she could do to not shake her and be like, why the hell are you with this turd? But it wouldn't have mattered anyways, because Christine felt that Harold could do no wrong. Y'all you got to be listening when people warn you about who you're with. Like occasionally, you will get a shit ass who's trying to start shit. Like uh, your former roommate's sister in like two thousand. I I don't forget shit. I remember that from two thousand six. You skanky Look, bitch. I'm gonna
1: tell you, yeah, that motherfucker. From the moment I was in her presence, knew from being a foster boy, you are a crazy pot stirring heifer i knew yep. immediately i you can see it in their eyes they get this crazy like uh like frankenstein scientist like ha 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 ha, ha. i'm about to fucking do some shit they just it's i i knew it
0: yep i
1: should I have I been privy to it but whatever. See,
0: you there were there were so many red flags surrounding every one related to that situation and you ignored all of them so yeah well, sometime- i mean
1: i needed a place to stay it was
0: and you were also twenty, so I'll give you—I'll give you that. I'm a dumbass. Was a dumbass. You absolutely were. So yeah, sometimes you get shit-ass people like that. They're trying to start shit, but there are also sometimes where people—they're just trying to look out for you. Yeah. That's, so at least give the benefit of the doubt, especially if multiple people are telling you, like maybe there's a common denominator. So Christine and Harold end up getting married, and Judy's like, "Good for y'all. Just leave me the fuck alone. Let me enjoy my life over here with my sweetheart." Stay away from my damn windows. And Judy was probably still leery of Harold, and it wasn't explicitly stated, but I would imagine he was still being a creeper on the low. But at least Judy could take comfort in knowing that Buck was never going to let Harold do anything to her. Like he may have been a little more chill. Kind of Did
1: he snuck into her house and bruh? There's yeah, but that was the
0: right, but that was the line. Like they weren't. They were done at that point. They weren't friends anymore. So she's like, you know, I got Buck. Everything's fine. Then may 30th 2009 happened 62 year old buck had gone down to the dock to go fishing which was something that he loved to do on this day though as he was fishing he had a diabetic seizure hit his head fell into the water and drowned so buck is gone and judy is obviously devastated like she he was a a sweetheart of a man and he's gone and she's all alone and so she leaned on her family especially her younger brother johnny She called him the night of Buck's death and he immediately came right over and he stayed with her. When she was talking about her brother, Judy said, quote, Johnny's always been a loner. He's just always been happier when he was away from a crowd. Johnny stayed with me so I wouldn't be alone, end quote. So Johnny wasn't about people, but he was about his people. You're my sister. I'm going to be here for you. So the day after Buck died, Harold and Christine came over to give their condolences. And that's when they first met Johnny. It did not go super well because johnny had heard the stories about harold so harold was already on johnny's shit list now while judy was talking to harold and christine harold just starts like boo-hoo crying like squalling and saying that he couldn't believe that buck was gone and he was so sorry and all this stuff and it was at this point in the episode that i knew for sure that these actors were canadian because he definitely said i'm so sorry sorry they didn't even try to fake a south carolina accent they were fully canadian so while he's there, Harold's like, you know, please let me know if you need anything. Like, I'm always happy to help, blah, blah, blah. And he did help. And he was actually helpful for a while. But then his old way started creeping in. And it was obvious to some that with Buck out of the way, Harold was free to put any moves he wanted to on Judy. And of course, his wife, Christine, who was also DeLulu, refused to see it. She said, quote, I think maybe she was mi- she meaning Judy. I think maybe Judy was mistaking his helpfulness as flirtatious, but he's just a friendly person. And he felt bad, you know, with her age, end quote. Here's what well, we're, we're not going to do. Age. Uh, she's a little bit older. We're not going to defend our shit back of a husband and also simultaneously throw shade at the person that he was harassing. Like, that's not a good look. That just makes you look even shittier. So one night, Harold decides to try his luck. He walked up to Judy's door. He saw that it wasn't locked, and he just walked right on in, thinking he could give Judy a nice yeah, little... Look,
1: look, Judy, get your shit together. And let, how about let's door. doors if yeah. you know there's a known shirtless creeper man walking around? What the fuck, Judy?
0: Yeah, so he's thinking he could give her a little nighttime surprise visit.
1: We're not victim shaming, but I digress.
0: He got a little bit of a surprise, though, because Johnny was sleeping on the couch, and he popped up and was like, what the hell are you doing? But Harold was on a mission, so he tried, like, he was just going to push past Johnny, and Johnny was like, I think the fuck not. Like, you need to get the (laughs) hell out of this house. And Harold, with the confidence and audacity of the mediocrist of white men, was like, you can't make me leave. This isn't your house. At which point, Johnny grabbed Harold by the shirt and basically threw him out the door. Now, Harold's stepdaughter, Jennifer, of course, she was skeptical about this whole situation. She said that Johnny accused Harold of trying to mess around with Judy. Sure, Jennifer, whatever you need to tell yourself. So, Judy was thankful that Johnny had been there. And now, having seen Harold's blatant disregard of boundaries and closed doors, Johnny was like, Well, I'm moving in. So, he went and got his dog and he moved into the house on Cochise Drive to keep an we eye don't on like his
1: people. But by God, he's got a puppy.
0: Of course. Um, he wanted to keep an eye on his sister because he had always been very protective of Judy, even though she was older, like he was very, very much kind of the big brother attitude. So, Judy thought she could breathe a sigh of relief now because she has someone there to protect her. She didn't have to constantly worry and look over her shoulder. Oh, sweet, optimistic Judy. So, according to Judy's granddaughter, Danielle, Harold started to seem almost like jealous of Johnny, which brings up a question I have for Harold's wife, Christine. Like, as a woman, wouldn't you be curious as to why your husband was so concerned about what another woman was doing or the fact that she had someone else living with her. Like, so what if her brother moved in? What's it to you? Like, why are you studying her? Like, there's clearly some uncomfortable history there. So why can't you just let it go? Like right. to quote, to quote Cardi B, that's suspicious. That's weird. So you have Johnny who has beef with Harold because he's been freaking out his sister. And you have Harold who has beef with Johnny I guess because he's standing between him and Judy. And that is just, that part is just speculation on my part. So there's already some tension there. And then you throw in the fact that Johnny truly gives zero fucks about anybody. He is there solely to protect his sister. He don't give a damn about nobody else. He's not there to make friends. And if he sees you doing something that he doesn't think you should be doing, he's going to tell you about it. So case in point, Harold was doing some work outside to stop the runoff from the lake from washing up under his house. Well, Johnny goes outside and to and to him, it looks like Harold has crossed over onto Judy's property line. Judy said, quote, it was all zigzaggy, nowhere near straight. I wasn't sure if it was on the property line, end quote. And I'm not sure if she was talking about her property line being a zigzag or Harold's runoff project being a zigzag. But either way, Johnny was convinced that Harold was on their property and he wasn't having it. According to Harold's stepdaughter Jennifer, Harold was like, This is none of your business. Leave me alone. So Johnny bends over picks up some stakes from the ground and starts chunking the stakes at Harold. According to Judy, though, quote, Johnny threatened to fuck him up and Harold called the sheriff about it, end quote.
1: That is such a man thing to say. I'll fuck you up. Right. Somebody was fucking him. That's some Southern stuff.
0: I had to bleep it. It was very funny. But I was like, I know exactly what he said. So Johnny physically and or verbally threatened Harold and he ended up spending a night in jail and he had to pay a $50 fine. As you would imagine, that incident did not make things better between the two. It now became an endless game of how much can one man boy piss off the other man boy. Like if Harold's out shooting the gun, then Johnny's going out shooting his gun and vice versa. It's just one big old pissing contest. Then Harold found a way to annoy the shit out of Johnny. And he took great joy in it. He would hop on his riding lawnmower, shirtless of course, wearing like khaki shorts with a belt with a gun strapped to him. And he would ride the lawnmower up and down the strip between his house and Judy's house. Just up and down, up and down for hours. And the noise would obviously get to Johnny. Like, I know how mad you get about those neighbors that we have, like, way down the road. With fucking
1: stupid base.
0: I can't imagine if our next door neighbor mowed for hours, like, right between our house and his.
1: Well, see, this is the thing. You got to play chess, not checkers. And I am a man who does not need many hours of sleep to operate and function like a normal human being. And so we're I petty people. Wait. I w- exactly. I would just wait and go in there and fuck with his lawnmower. Just to be real honest with you about the situation.
0: How would you fuck with his like if it's in his you can't get it if it's in this garage? I figured you were gonna like cut grass at like two o'clock in the morning.
1: Mm, but that, that that offends more than just him. That that affects other neighbors that ain't got nothing to do with it. Say so look I mean? at
0: you looking out.
1: That's what I'm saying. Chess, not checkers.
0: There we go. So Johnny would get mad, obviously, because no one wants to hear a lawnmower. Also, how do you... Would you not end up with just dirt if you're just for hours going back and forth on your grass? Clearly, he didn't care about his grass. No,
1: I mean, once once the, the, once the you set the height of the deck or the blade, it's only going to cut. You know what I mean? So once, you, once it cuts everything at that one length, then you're just running over it again.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I don't... I've cut grass one time in my whole life. Think of it like
1: a a a hair guard on like clippers.
0: I'll take your word for it. So Harold tried the lawnmower. Johnny would get mad. So then he'd go stand outside with his gun and clean his gun and like make like dead eye contact with Harold as Harold's riding his lawnmower. So you now have two rednecks that are pissed off and armed, and which is always you definitely that's always a good thing. It's like they were waiting for a duel to just break out at Mm -hmm. any moment. So. Eventually, Judy and Christine get tired of the ongoing hissy fit, so they demand a truce. They tell both men, look, this is dumb. We're not going to keep fussing and fighting. Y'all need to quit. As you can imagine, though, Harold and Johnny are like low-key piss on your truce. And everyone knew that it was just a matter of time before something popped off. And at this point, it was starting to affect the whole neighborhood. The vibes were off. Things were weird. And like nobody wanted anything to do with Harold or Johnny. Like y'all keep your shit over there. So,
1: see what I'm saying? Now, all their shit is affecting all the other neighbors and making the vibes in the neighborhood all weird. That's why I knew on that in that dude's front yard that night that I could not walk away from that conversation without finding some type of middle ground with him. otherwise, it would have gotten way worse. right. I knew in my argumentative fuck you brain at the time, which I'm proud of myself for doing. That was a real grown man moment for me. Look at you, go. To be like, hey, dude, listen, I'm not walking away from this conversation feeling like we still got beef. So whatever you, we need to figure out a solution here. (laughs) And his his face did change. And he was like, oh, well, fucking all right. Well, maybe if you didn't park there all the time. And I was like, all right, I'll move it around. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Okay.
0: So it is now September 15th, 2011. Johnny's dog has treated a squirrel and dog was barking at the squirrel (laughs) in the tree. For some reason, this tickles Johnny. And so he pulls out his phone and he is videoing his dog barking at the squirrel in the tree. So Sam Thomas, the neighbor who lived on the other side of Harold, he comes out and he's pissed that the dog is barking. He's also very drunk and possibly on drugs. So like any reasonable person would, Sam walks towards Johnny and the dog, opens his pants, Pulls out his penis and starts shaking it at Johnny, who, by the way, is still filming on his phone. So Sam is just out there in front of God and everybody, hanging out doing with the his,
1: helicopter with
0: his wang out. Yes. Then, according to Judy, because this like is just
1: the neighborhood of preverts, bud, <laughs> yes. a bunch of damn nasty bastards. So, golly!
0: At this point, Sam drops his pants. Turns around and starts jiggling his butt cheeks at Johnny. Like, bro, I'm going to need you to put your wiener and your butthole away. Like, no one wants to see that. And it, again, Johnny is still filming. This dude has helicoptered and is now like playing peekaboo with his chocolate starfish in the yard in front of the neighbors. So, put your
1: turd cutter away, bro. <laughs> right? So,
0: after shimmying his cash and prizes around for the world to see, Sam then starts threatening to kill Johnny and his dog. Then he actually fires a shot at Johnny and Johnny is like, not today, motherfucker. And he pulls out his gun and he shoots Sam dead where he stood. Police found I mean, Sam dead in the grass with a gun in his hand, his finger still on the trigger. Johnny's arrested. But it's got to
1: be self-defense. But I mean, after
0: reviewing the footage from Johnny's phone, which had everything from the wiener wiggling to the shot at Johnny, it was determined that Johnny had acted in self-defense and the charges were dropped and he yeah. was able to go back home. Yeah. So exactly. according to Christine and Jennifer, Harold was now terrified of Johnny, constantly looking over his shoulder to the, <laughs> to the point that he had to drink in order to be able to even go outside. According to Judy and Danielle, though, Harold was on his bullshit again and the beer was just making it worse. Judy said, quote, Harold got worse. If you have a reason to think that a person might shoot you, you don't get more obnoxious. But Harold did, end quote. And Judy ain't wrong. If Harold was truly that scared, he would have left Johnny alone. He wouldn't keep poking the bear, but he kept fucking yeah, around. Harold
1: does. H- Harold is wildly impulsive.
0: Yes. And he kept fucking around and he was bound to find out. So this shit's going on for a while because we're now in 2014. Okay. Sam was killed in 2011. So everybody woke up to just bad vibes on April the 8th, 2014. It's like they knew something was fixing to go down. So Johnny was outside. He was getting his boat ready. He was going to go fishing. And Harold was doing his lawnmower thing again. And I believe one article said that he was also playing super, super loud music. So, and we already know that Johnny ain't about the loud noises. So Judy's in her house and she hears gunshots. And so she thinks that Harold is just like outside shooting, like he was known to do. Well, shortly after that, that Johnny walks into the house. He grabs the phone, he calls 911, and he told the dispatcher, Ma'am, you better get here in a hurry. I just shot a fella, and he needs an ambulance. When police arrived, they found Harold Price laying bloodied next to his lawnmower. He was pronounced dead at the scene at approximately 4.20 p.m. Johnny was immediately taken down to the station, where investigators uh, would later comment about how cooperative he was. He was calm, cool, and collected. and He sat down with detectives, and he proceeded to give them a full confession. He told them he started with, quote, come on now, let's go ahead and get this thing over with, end quote. So I want to add here that on Fear Thy Neighbor, the guy that played Johnny looked like this big burly biker dude. So like, that's what I pictured in my mind that Johnny would look like. That is not what Johnny looks like. So in the tape confession, because they showed it on the show, he was in head to toe camo, like camo hat, camo shirt, camo pants. And he had this big gray beard. He honestly reminded me of the crazy uncle from Duck Dynasty. Like, that's si? what, yeah, that's what we're working with The here. one
1: that drank that sweet tea all the time?
0: Yes. He just looked like a, like a less friendly version of Uncle Simon. Yeah. So in his tape confession, Johnny stated, quote, Harold's coming up on his lawnmower. He was making gestures like we was going to duke it out or something. I let him know that that's what he wanted to do. Go on. And that's when he said he was going to kill me. More than that, he said, I'm going to kill you, you son of a bitch. When he said that, he turned toward his house like he was going to go get a gun. That's when I pulled my pistol out and I shot him. I had it implanted in my mind to shoot him in the damn head. I done cocked it, named it at him, and I said, I'm sick, you screwing me. But I changed my mind. I didn't shoot him again. End quote. This Deputy. Time so-
1: it doesn't sound as clear cut.
0: <laughs> so, Deputy Solicitor, which is basically what South Carolina calls a district attorney, Warren Mowry clarified that Johnny shot Harold three times, with one of the shots severing harold's spinal cord and paralyzing him almost immediately and harold was on his lawnmower he also said that johnny told him that he was gonna shoot harold in the head but he figured he wasn't worth another bullet johnny is very open with the police like yep i killed him but he's adamant that it was self-defense he said that harold had threatened him and he thought he was gonna go get a gun so he shot him first so that harold couldn't shoot him in his confession johnny told detectives quote I was told by the Fed that if someone threatened to kill you, you don't have to wait for them to get a gun. I just thought I was in my rights to do what I did. End quote. But the thing is, Harold was unarmed, and according yeah. to and according to police, he was going in the opposite direction. And from what I gather, I think he was shot in the back. So although self defense worked with Sam Thomas, it did not work with Harold Price. No.
1: Sixty
0: three year old Johnny Lamar Lever. Nope. Lever. 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 Yeah. Johnny Lamar Lever was found guilty of murder and possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime, and he was sentenced to life in prison. I did see one article from April 2015 that said there was a mistrial, but I guess they must have done another trial and found him guilty in that one. There was surprisingly very little media coverage on this case, which was like, this is a crazy ass case. Like, how is there not more?
1: Well, I think there's a a lot of dick shaking, and there's a video of the dick shaking. (laughs) There was dick shaking. Nobody wants to see dick shaking in a courtroom. It's embarrassing and ungodly, as the Christians say.
0: There we go. After Harold's murder, Christine and Jennifer moved away from Waterloo. Apparently, Christine was, quote, terrified of staying there. But, like, the threat is gone. Like, what's there to be scared of now? Johnny's in jail. Harold's dead. Jennifer also wondered if Christine had been there when everything went down, would Johnny have shot her too? But honestly, I don't think he would have. Like his beef was w- was with Johnny, not with Christine.
1: Well, that's my. Here's the thing. This is a clear, clear cut case to me. It's it's a giant soup of 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 crazy people and murder and spite and people like antisocial. Like I've seen, I've seen a lot of like. uh dash cam body cam police videos right and Mm -hmm. every now and then there's one where there's the dude who's just like you know what i told him i told him i told him to quit fucking with me i told him if he kept if he kept screwing with me i just you know what i mean and so there's all and then i've been around people that truly hate other people in my crazy weird travels and it makes total sense to me that johnny after having gotten off on self-defense was like oh shit and I'm sure a Fed did, he may have said something of the sort to him and he may have just misconstrued it or didn't really completely understand what the guy told him and just paraphrased, if I fear for my life, it's self-defense. And so he felt justified. But I think that uh, antisocial people that hate other people in my life, I'm I'm finding it hard to like people like it's like the general population. I, I can kind of somewhat level with him and be like, you know, I I get him getting to that point where he's, like, just smoking fools. Like, you know, him and Harold's beef has gone on way further than him and Sam's. The Sam thing just seemed kind of like a, well, Sam shot at him. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Like, Sam, he started that. Like, he literally shot at Johnny.
1: And then the Harold thing, I mean, like, like considering the Sam, how the Sam thing went down, granted, Sam did shoot at him. But considering how it went down, it blows me away that he hadn't already shot at Harold. I know but I think once the same thing happened, he got in his mind that shit. All I got to do is wait for the perfect time and scenario him to be fucking with me, and it can I can I can claim self defense, or you know maybe Harold did say some shit to him, and he was like, oh fuck, that's self defense. You're not going to say you're going to kill me and then turn around and drive off. I'm gonna, you know what I mean? It worked last time or whatever, right. you know.
0: Exactly. That's what some people yeah, on the I'm show sorry. said. No, that's exactly what some people on the show said. And if not that, kind of to your point he didn't care about nobody except for G. Right,
1: exactly and so, so, it's, so it's not far off for him to just smoke somebody in a fit of in not even maybe rage but just fed up in this like people like that it's not a rage thing it's like a uh, this, this this is the last straw like no i'm like maybe even mad or rage but like it's more of like a not today not today sir Or man, or whatever, you know?
0: And Harold was the only threat to Judy. And Judy was the only one that Johnny cared about. So if he got Harold out of the way, then who cares if he goes to jail? Like, Judy's fine because the creepy guy's gone. Right. And I feel like based on his, I mean, he's going to miss his dog, I'm sure. But like, just based on who he is, I feel like he's probably fine in prison. Like, he just does his own thing and he hangs out. So one thing I do have to note is that I found one article that claimed that Johnny had a pending sexual harassment charge involving Christine against him at the time of the murder. Now, I'm firmly on the side of Believe Women, but I could see the accusation being part of the pissing contest since Judy had claimed that Harold had been harassing her. Like, maybe it was a tit-for-tat thing. Like, I don't know. But in full transparency, I'm a little biased. I really felt for Dot and Judy when I was watching Fear Thy Neighbor and I got bad vibes from Christine and Jennifer. Then I went on Facebook and based on some of the things I found, my assumptions were correct. And I will leave that at that so that I don't get accused of defamation. But one thing I will note, because this is public, this is out there. And this maybe this is just me. Or maybe I'm being a judgy bitch. I don't know. But based on, and I went very far back on Christine's Facebook, based on some posts she made, it looks as though she remarried like a year and a half after Harold died. That husband died eight months later, and she was in a relationship again five months after that. So to give you dates, Harold is killed. (laughs) I know (laughs) Harold is killed on April the eighth, twenty fourteen. Christine marries Chuck, who was at least her third husband, on November the eleventh, twenty fifteen. I don't know how long after Harold died that she started dating him, but hopefully you don't just marry someone right after you right when you meet him. I don't know, but so. I don't want to
1: – sorry, I apologize for interrupting, but this thought just is always – maybe it's because of the, my situation and, and my appearance, but – and I don't want to generalize, and I'm going to use a slang word for it because I don't know any better, and I'm going to make some statements here that might be triggering to some folks. But Am I going to have to
0: edit this out later?
1: I don't think so. Okay. I Listen, I love and get along with many boomers, but I don't know what else to call you. Because I th- I'm i assuming that boomer means people that are my parents' age and a little older.
0: Yeah, because so. your parents are like early Gen They're like right on the cusp of boomer and Gen X. Like my parents okay. are boomers and everyone in this story is a boomer. Okay. Except for Jennifer.
1: I'll say that people that are around my our parents' age compared to us. It feels like, maybe this is an Alabama thing. Why the Do y'all get married so much? What in the hell is going on? Why I've so many I've married five times. What what are we doing? What are we doing? So many people in my family have been married multiple, multiple times. I just I cannot wrap my mind. Even as a child, I remember thinking going to these weddings and seeing them and hearing this person's not when this is now my new aunt or whoever. When it's like Bruh, what in the hell are y'all doing with your life? I don't know. No judgment, but it just seems like you don't have to marry everybody that you like or love. You just you just pump the brakes. You can get married anytime you want. You don't have to do it right then. I don't know. Wait six months. I don't know. I'm now just saying.
0: to play—that's De- my
1: hot take. I'm sorry.
0: To play, you're not wrong, but to play devil's advocate, sometimes people get married very young. Because your brain's not fully developed till you're 25. So, like, if you marry someone real young, then, you know, if you get divorced, young, like, you don't want to spend the rest of your life alone. But to your point, not to put anyone on blast, but all of our parents, like all the the four of our parents have all been married multiple times.
1: That's what I'm saying. And that's not just that's not where it
0: stops. Your like, parents much more like than mine. But
1: my my dad, my mom. My dad's brother, my dad's, now, my my dad's sister, that's, it's only twice, but.
0: See, that's the thing, again, I feel like, and we sound, like, like Everybody,
1: judgy. no, I'm not judging, it's just, it's just odd to me, I just, I don't understand the, like, for as much bullshit as I heard growing up in church and shit, that marriage is the sacred union, Ooh. and yada, 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 all these motherfuckers have multiple marriages. I don't get it.
0: I give the hairy eyeball to people that are on like their third, fourth, fifth
1: serial marriers.
0: Yeah, that is
1: like like this situation. Like yes, you, you 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 a marriage ended for whatever reason, and then months or a year or less than two years later, you're married. How can you like find get over that divorce or separation shit? find it in yourself to fall in love with a whole ass another person and decide that whole ass other person through all of your time you've spent together in that short amount of time is another person that you want to fucking marry. I mean, I get it. Sometimes there are outliers, but like then that doesn't work out. And then you go with like this, the, the serial people is what I'm talking about though. Exactly. The, like the more than two, let's say yes. more, more than two.
0: I'm firmly on board with you there. Yeah. Yeah and that's where
1: i'm like what the hell is happening
0: and i agree that it is i I saw my
1: dad do it and was like what the fuck are you doing man like why are we doing this
0: like i guarantee you that had he not died he would be on a different wife by this point probably like the number of people that he was married to or engaged to from the time that we met the time he died was staggering and i just don't i don't understand it and you and i've talked about this about how like you need to go through some shit with a person before you get married. Like, hondo, you need to see each other in your worst moments to make sure this is going to work. Like, this. And we're not
1: talking about trauma bonding either, people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't
1: like get in a giant car wreck with your boyfriend or girlfriend and get through it in the hospital together and be like, look, we just got through that. We should get married. Like, oh, like, let's let's let all those wounds heal for about six months or so. And let's revisit maybe.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just
1: being silly kind of. But yeah. But
0: (laughs) but no, like you need to. I mean, it's helped. Maybe if someone that, you know, has died and y'all work through that, like if there are things that you tackle together. As a couple, and you come out on the other side, you should go on a road trip together to make sure that y'all can do yeah. that. You need to sleep in the same bed to make sure that you can handle their level of snoring. That didn't work out for me because I swear you didn't snore like this fifteen years ago.
1: I think maybe my I just uh, my deviated septum just got worse or something.
0: Maybe so, but I'm yeah, definitely
1: like, a little more plump than I was at twenty.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that happens. But yeah, like the uh I, I like I said, I give the hairy eyeball to people that are just because anyone can, you know, anyone can not luck out the first time. That is fine. Yeah, but yeah. when you're into I'll give you
1: two. I'll give you two. Everybody can you can have let's do two, but like three, four, five. I've heard of people like said like I, uh, at some I think Alabama has a limit now, but I think at one point in time Alabama did not have a marriage limit. I'm sure, I, I think I've heard somebody being married, like, six or seven times or some crazy shit, like, wildness.
0: Like, no. I feel like
1: the, those are the same people that get married in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of people I'm talking about.
0: Like, there's a common, if if you have had five marriages that didn't work, there's a common denominator. Yeah. You need to, like, don't get a new spouse, get a therapist. Work that sh- work on you, love you first. Mm-hmm. And then, but yeah, so, and... She was married, she was only married, did I say that? Oh yeah, she was only married to this guy for like eight months. But then so he died, Chuck, this the husband after Harold dies on July 23rd, 2016. She is a she's Facebook official with somebody on December 20th, 2016. That is five months. And she notes that she met them on a senior dating website. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I die, you uh, better wait longer than five months or I'm going to haunt the shit out of you. Like, it took us five years to get married. So, I'm going to expect at least that. Or every day, I'm haunting you.
1: I'm just going to be a damn... You're going to be just a, go, a hermit. I'll just re- Yeah. Well, I'll just go bourbon hunting all the time. Looking for good bottles of whiskey around here and there. And-
0: no, bourbon is the new hyperfixation. It will be something new by then.
1: No. Yep. I've always liked bourbon. You know that. You
0: you say that. You say that with every hyper I always like. I'm not
1: hyper fixated on bourbon. I just I yes, just you like are. bourbon.
0: That it is your. Th- hey, I have ADHD too. I get it. I I I have my own. You know, mine are a little weirder than yours. Like when I've gone through those periods of like obsessively researching the Columbine shooting. But nevertheless, I know you. Your thing is bourbon right now. It was recently the the driving with the steering wheel video game. Prior to that, well, it was the it was. Still the grass. A, that's still a thing. Yes, but but it can still that's be all a still thing. a
1: thing. Grass is just out of season.
0: Yes. But Late till
1: spring, I'm gonna be out in the yard staring at my grass like I was. It's gonna be it's gonna be an ordeal.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, like right now, my hyperfixation are those stupid games I'm addicted to on my phone.
1: Listen, cell phone games are not the move, bud.
0: I can't. I'm that that, and I told I told our kid the other day, like that's why I don't play video games like you do because I get very addicted to games, like computer games, video games, and I was just trying to get points on my coupon app and I got addicted to these stupid games and I can't quit. Yeah. So right now you've got bourbon, I've got the old lady.
1: I've always had match
0: games, whatever. Anyways. This episode is not going to be short. Shout out Buffalo Trace. <laughs> this episode is not going to be short, like I said it was. So, sadly, Harold's Jesus first killing. Harold's first wife, Dot, the queen that smacked him in the face with a, a book, passed away in July of 2020. And that's the only information I can find on anybody else in this case. So, that is the case of the crazy-ass neighbor kerfluffle. I don't actually have a title yet. i got to work on that. So, Rob... What are your final thoughts on this crazy ass episode?
1: I think that the this world is a very crazy place and sometimes a tornado of circumstances and people and personalities and geography touches down and creates what you dubbed earlier a a shit show. Yep. And sometimes those shit shows end in murder. And sometimes those shit shows end in two murders. Turns <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs> I have been in many situations where looking back on them, um, and I won't get into detail because I've been through some pretty violent things as a young man, but that not that could have ended up in murder or anything that violent, but like it makes it to where it's very easy for me to put myself in the shoes of somebody who you would say snaps or like has had enough or like or their anger in that moment drove them past a point that they thought or or anybody else thought was possible for that person or oh he was a good man and i just i would have never thought you know what i mean so in those scenarios and that's what i'm saying the tornado of people and personalities and situation and circumstances i mean It's some trailer park shit. Not in a trailer park. It's it's wild when you get people. I don't. Yeah, that was what I was so worried about when we were looking for houses to try to buy a house. That's one of the big reasons why. When we first bought this house, like I hung it with the neighbors at the time. We're doing this like every Friday night bonfire in the cul de sac, and I made a point to go out there and like be friendly with them and get to know them and let them get to know me a little bit, so I could like gauge. Who the shit do we live around? You know what I mean? And what kind of people are these people? You know,
0: I went to that exactly one time and I got very drunk and talked too much to the guy that does Jason, the things yet yeah, with a prosthetic.
1: That dude's super. He was the dude. He was that's the cool. dude that was snow that was, that uh Brian was pulling around on the snowboard on his four wheeler.
0: That's hilarious.
1: He was snowboarding down our, at our cul-de-sac Hill out here in the front of our house all day like the second day of snow
0: i also think that he's the one that's got the corgi that is like free range. yes yeah, that that's ha- his dog that has the giant like squish mellow looking sheep toy that's freaking adorable yes. and i always worry he's gonna get hit by a car
1: i think everybody around here kind of knows i think the only time people drive crazy around here are people that aren't from like this part of the neighborhood I, I, we lucked out bud, to be we honest did. other than other than the the neighbor drama with the truck that's now kind of over but it came full circle with me seeing him fall in the ice i was like okay i'm good now i've i've found my peace you know I like i said peace. the other
0: day though if that's his karma i still want to know what was my karma to make me literally bust my ass on the like well ice. sometimes
1: here's my thing
0: i'm a good person
1: you are a good person. some accidents happen for him like he was walking around in the snow and ice very cocky with his leaf blower blowing off shit out of the uh, under the under the undercarriage of his truck, the snow they had collected. and I'm not I don't know. I'm not one to judge who is receiving karma win, but in my opinion, that scenario, and maybe he's just a dude over there who I've got beef with, low key, and I'm just maybe I felt like he deserved it. But the way he was walking around in the ice led me to believe that he was not familiar. Well, they are. He is from Florida or something, or not from, not from a. He's not used to snow. I could tell. Right,
0: we're, we're from Alabama.
1: Well, right, but we've been in a. I've been in the snow and ice enough to know. You gotta tread lightly. You gotta you gotta step with you gotta step gingerly and delicately, so as to make sure you have sure footing.
0: I will say, but, of the three of us, you were the only one that did not bust their ass in the in the ice or snow.
1: Your daughter almost ate it coming to tell you fell. So I mean, it was I ooh, it was so close.
0: So let me talk, tell y'all a quick story. So uh, obviously, like we were again, we were snowed in. Like it was it was hella snowed in last week and it's just now the snow is melting because we live in the south it was negative three last wednesday and it was like almost 60 degrees today anyways so on sunday i was like you know what i'm gonna take the dogs out to potty not something i enjoy doing but i'm like i'm gonna do it and i wasn't even like i didn't even have any feelings but i'm like let's do this things are cool i'm great i've got all my gear on i'm wearing rubber boots rubber hunter the very like sorority girl they're hot pink i'm like these were like a hundred plus dollars they'll be good for the snow turns out they're not so there was like this snowy patch in front of this area that rob had he was a genius and he put like a tarp down before the snow really started so there was a non-snowy patch because we have two wien- two of our dogs are wiener dogs the snow was taller than they were they needed a spot they could go so there was a spot right in front of it between the you got nine
1: inches of snow by the
0: and way. our steps that like was icy and like we we I pointed it out, so I was make I made sure I was like I'm going to be careful, but I'm a very clumsy person, and we did I
1: have a whole conversation about where you, exactly where you were standing was incredibly slippery.
0: But in my defense, that was it was directly in, in between the the dog pee area and the the steps. Like I that yeah. I had to I had to. I'm not victim shaming. You have been victim shaming since it happened. <laughs> I had to traverse that area. And I swear, I mean, I don't do nothing. Like, I do don't everything. Do with, I do everything with caution. I'm not a willy nilly kind of person. I guess I stepped wrong. My feet completely flew up from under me, and I fell full weight on my tailbone. And I'm not working with a Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I don't have cake. I've got some little debbies on a good day. I have no cushion. I little thought debbies. I thought I was going to die. And what's funny is it was caught on our security camera. So Some of them I hit, oatmeal
1: cream pies on that ass. <laughs> and not, and
0: not even like the, the big ones, like the, the regular the double deckers and yeah, not the, the double little, deckers. Oh,
1: you're talking about the regular ones, not the big pack.
0: Yeah. That's, I don't have a lot to work with, but so it hurt so bad. I hit, I immediately rolled over and I'm just like face down on the ground where the dogs pee and poop. And I don't care. Cause I'm in, I'm, I'm like, I have broken my ass. I don't want to go to the emergency room because it's very expensive. Oh my God, this hurts. Our kid had not been looking at me cause she's in her own world. I guess she hears me cause I was audible and she turns to go run the house to get robbed. And she almost, I saw it on the camera later. She oh almost it, but she caught herself. And then I was, I was in the shower earlier today. And I was like, thinking about another intro I could use about you basically having another full-time job. And that is you picking me up off the ground after I have fallen or fainted because you've had to do that. I literally,
1: you were like, I guess for pain or stress or whatever, trying to pass out. Or you were like, I can't walk when I, when I picked you up off the ground. And finally I was like, listen, I am not dealing with this stubborn motherfucker. right now. You were frustrated. And I was Well, I said, well, I just, I was like, just hug me. And I just needed your arms out from away from your side. So I could just wrap my arms around you and just stand up. And then we could go, you know what I mean? And so I was like, just hug me. Well, <laughs> just hug me.
0: <laughs> a, it hurt. B, right, I, I
1: feel you. All B, you had to do is hug. You had to hug this big old grizzly bear. And he got, he got you, bud. Just, B, I would, you were off the ground and going into the house.
0: B, I knew I was about to faint. So I have a, I have a thing, called dysautonomia. And if I experience really severe, sudden pain, it can cause me to faint. It's a vasovagal response. I knew that was happening. So, and I couldn't, I can't communicate well in those moments because I'm very much in pain and I, things are closing in. I also, even in those moments are like, I'm going to be too heavy, even though you outweigh me by like a hundred pounds.
1: But you have to understand when you finally hugged me and I stood up, it, to me, it felt a little heavier than Olivia. You know what I mean? Like I, it... you're just being nice. No, bro. Like I'm telling you, like every time I've ever had to pick you up off the ground, I just pick you. It's like it's not like I'm not. It's not like I'm moving a fucking fridge. You know what I'm doing? You are very easy to move around in space.
0: Well, me. I have fat kid trauma, so I f- well, am afraid. I was also afraid that it's harder
1: when fall. you are a a sandbag when you don't and you're just you're just a limp sandbag, and I have to like all I just. Just hug me, bro. Just that's all I need you to do right now. And I got us. You are going in the house quickly if you'll just hug me. I, I just can go, whoop, and stand up, and we're good to go. I
0: just <laughs> wanted, I just wanted to crawl.
1: You were trying to lay down in the snow. <laughs> you can't I, do like.
0: It. I wanted to crawl. I did not want to be no. vertical. We What's, didn't have to
1: crawl. I was going to tote you, bud.
0: But I didn't want to be vertical. What is funny, and I I text my two best friends you this had to be vertical when I was in college, like first month of college. I thought it would be a wise idea to um, mix vodka, like the cheapest vodka you could buy, with orange juice and Gatorade, but then also take shots of Hennessy, which I'd never had before. That was a a bad choice. And (laughs) (laughs) that resulted in me, in my sleep, throwing up.
1: Hennessy? Such a random alcohol to have as a minor, kind of.
0: Yeah, I don't know where we got Hennessy. Hennessy. Yeah. So, threw up everywhere, which... I already have, I I have a vomit phobia. I don't do well with it. So my now two best friends in the entire world, my rider dies. Christine and Elizabeth, I've just met them. I think that, I think this was our trauma bond. My roommate runs and gets them because that she knew I was friends with them and they come in and Christine is trying to clean up all of the vomit while some other of our newly acquired dorm room friends are with me. And so one of the famous quotes from that situation was just let me crawl because they wanted to take me to the shower so that because I had thrown up everywhere, but I was having a similar situation. I did not want to be vertical. So I'm like, please just let me crawl. The difference is they let me crawl. They let me crawl from my room to the communal bathroom in my robe because that's what I was what I needed. You, however, did not let me crawl.
1: I was not having it. I just needed... I, I, no, 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 no. I'm not I wanted gonna, to be horizontal. I was not going to willingly let my wife, who had just fallen, and who I had assumed hurt herself pretty bad because of the way you were acting at the time.
0: My butt bone like, still hurts real bad.
1: Bruh. I was... Th- there's no way I was going to let you crawl in the snow and ice. There's no way. The only option, and even if it may have hurted you... Hurted. Hurted. It. it did hurt it. Though, if it may have hurted you a little more in the time, in, the, in that point in time, you were not... I was picking you up we were going in the house i conceded and let you lay on the carpet in the living room but I, my plan was up we're going to the bedroom like i was i was moving you about like a bouncer taking a drunk person out the club when, That's how it felt to me because you were so limp noodled
0: well because i was literally about to faint and I appreciate that you, without me telling you, could tell I was very hot, I guess, because... I like, know
1: the bread. This ain't... Listening. You were, you were taking... I've so, been taking care of you for almost a millennia. <laughs>
0: it made me think of that time that... I think it was the night before Thanksgiving. It was either the night before Thanksgiving or the night before Christmas, where we went to the bar, and I think buttery nipples were involved, which I don't need to do though. Well, we, you
1: just... We you learned just that in my 21st. Too much alcohol for Wait, somebody that didn't eat that much at 21.
0: No, because I had... That was when I was going through my gin and Sprite and grenadine phase because my vomit was very pink later. But I remember we were staying with my parents and like I was laying lip noodled on their living room floor. And you're like trying to like get me undressed out of my like going out clothes. And you're like, if your mama comes down here and sees me taking your clothes off, because it was not nefarious. She did come out at some point right before Um. I threw up in the hallway on her cream colored carpet she handled that very well she thought it was funny well
1: i told her i'll take care of this like i made sure she knew that i was going to take care of this
0: look at you i think
1: well it was it was partly my fault that you were wasted you know what i mean so yeah
0: it is that that was your fault
1: the only the uh, to to your credit the only taking care of you drunk is not a pain in the ass unless you're so drunk you're a limp noodle then i have to just tote you everywhere and then you're like and then you like are argumentative about it because you want to be laying still and i'm like i'm trying to get you to the lay still portion of your drunkenness if you'll just let me tote you there
0: like <laughs> I'm, I'm just
1: kidding th- and then I'll, i will get the sprite i'll get the crackers we're gonna get a F fan on you know what i mean when
0: i feel like i, I know need the me. fucking deal bro you do see we're gonna have to add that my list of reasons why I keep your ass around because I can't I'm not gonna find nobody else that's gonna do that or that knows the history although you do have you're gonna have to get to a point at some time where you understand that like when I'm telling you I need to be horizontal you just gotta let me be horizontal even if it means I'm laying face down in the dog potty area I would you have laid dog. there for an tripping. hour.
1: You was you were tripping. I was you are tripping. I am not gonna let. I was I knew as soon as I saw you lay on the ground. I'm like she's not gonna. I'm I might have to pick this motherfucker up.
0: <laughs> well, duh.
1: I was about to throw you over my shoulder like a sack of taters, bud. I think if that you would had have worked. Hug, have hugged me and let me pick you up. I was like, I right, I'm just gonna have to pick this little stubborn ass up. Yeah, I'll I was gonna saying- throw you over my shoulder. And just tote you to the bed.
0: Like my whole life, my parents have said that I'm stubborn as a damned old mule. And that gets much worse when I've been drinking. As many of the people close to me have found out. I don't drink no more. I'm old now. But but sober as a judge, yep, yep. I bust my ass in the yard. It, literally, today, is it still hurt. I'm It's hurting as I'm sitting on it right now.
1: Listen, I fell down those stairs a few years ago. And I'm telling you. I was for certain that my butt bone had pierced my skin internally and was for sure I needed some kind of surgery for at least two weeks. It was, well, for at least two weeks, it was sore. And then, like I said, literally two days after that, after I fell down the stairs, I had to drive four hours round trip for maintenance for my work truck, which was a giant, but I remember sitting on, I don't know if it was some kind of cushion or what it was in that in that thing, it was uncomfortable.
0: See, I feel like you can really empathize. I feel your paint
1: sister. Yeah, because
0: <laughs> as we've established with three of our intros at this point, you have a dump truck. I have a yeah. moped. A moped, maybe. So,
1: shawty thick.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this shawty ain't. So, what was going to be a very that I promised our daughter an hour and a half ago would be a short episode has not been. If you take nothing away from this episode, please let it be to, uh, well, definitely don't swing your wiener at your neighbors. That's one. Keep your shirt on and don't be creepy. But also, if you're mad at your neighbor, don't call the police and don't shoot them.
1: Here's the thing about firearms. As one more quick note, you do not put your hand on your firearm to pull it out to do anything that it's kind of intended to use for unless you really really mean to use it or someone is making you feel like your life is in legitimate danger because just you know in the in the army I was trained we don't shoot until they shoot us you know what I mean so I feel like if that's the military's rules let's, let's 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 you know let's pump the brakes here folks with your firearms let's just be let's 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 observe some firearm safety and responsibility. There's my PSA.
0: So on, with that in mind, I think that we can officially end with this. Uh, our our final PSA is put away your guns, your wieners, and your buttholes.
1: Yeah. yeah when it comes absolutely. to
0: interacting with your neighbors. And if I could make that the, the title of this episode, I would put away your guns, your wieners, and your buttholes. But I don't think that the, the podcast uh, things would like that very much. But Thank y'all so much for listening. You can to just this. call it
1: "Guns, Wieners, and Buttholes."
0: <laughs> Ouch. That should be the t- no, title. It makes my butt hurt to laugh.
1: <laughs> this episode, look, uh, just know that my vote is "Guns, Wieners, and Buttholes." If you see this episode titled "Guns, Wieners, and Buttholes," just know I fucking won, everybody. I did it.
0: Oh, I wanted to make it that so bad, but you
1: can, you can, you can put stars for buttholes and wieners, and everybody knows, or they will know at the end, and they'll know. I still won Guns Winners and Buttholes.
0: So, we're that that is going to be probably not the official title, but in our hearts, it's the official title.
1: Also, I think that if we ever get a fan group or Patreons or whatever, they should be called instead of the It's Y'all Murderers or whatever, they should, it would, our fan base should be called the bitch ass Tinky Winkies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my butt. Yes, y'all so are. The- thanks
1: for listening, you bunch of bitch ass tinky winkies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening to the It's Murder Y'all podcast. As always, the sources for this episode will be listed in the show notes, but it's basically Fear Thy Neighbor and like three newspaper articles and Facebook. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, tell your mama, put away your guns, wieners, and buttholes. We'll see y'all next week. Lord willing, and the creek, don't rise. We out.